Welcome to the Create Smarter Podcast. I'm the host for this episode, Kyle McNaught, and I'm joined by the two founders, Phil and Tyler. How's it going, boys? That's I, a very heavy title to Yes. Wear. No, it's going great. What would you guys prefer? Podcast room builders? Uh, you chief know, snack officers? Chief yes. snack officer. Chief, yeah. chief sawdust duster office. Yes. Chief <laughs> painter, <laughs> painter in chief, perhaps? Yeah. I don't know. Painter in chief. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. I call you the finance bro, and I call him the chief snack officer. <laughs> okay. So that's how I t- go to LinkedIn. Tell us what you think their title should be. Uh, but yeah, boys, I brought you here, <laughs> fellas, men, I brought you here today because we had a really fun conversation recently uh, about one of our the products that we kind of like, something that we've been really creating a lot for, especially post-pandemic, because... All hands meetings or company-wide internal meetings are something that we've started to see a lot of uptick in. And it's something that's very interesting. Um, For kind of brief definitions, tell me exactly how you guys would define the kind of the all hands meeting or that company-wide meeting. It's exactly that. It's a company-wide meeting. Usually it stems from a larger company that has multiple offices, multiple locations that isn't really geographically centered. It's all across the globe, right? Or even nationally, right? But it's their CEO, their founder, their key C-level executives that are trying to get messages across to the rest of the company. Usually it happens on a quarterly basis because they're trying to update everybody, their entire employee base. Because it's very seldom in a large company of that size, you know, billions of dollars, that they're able to get FaceTime the CEO with someone, the boots on the ground, whatever it may be. So this is that opportunity to go ahead and do so. Yeah, and I would also say for publicly traded companies, you mentioned quarterly, a lot of them happen quarterly right on the heels of calls with investors when you know profits numbers come out, earnings numbers come out. And so it's a way to make sure that um, employees aren't just going online and seeing headlines about their company with no context because you know the story of the stock market and investor calls aren't necessarily the you know the the whole the whole picture right so it's a way for the c-level executives to communicate to all of the employees about more of the nuance and more of the details about hey you know the profit is you know looks like it looks but by the way it's because we're spending a lot on marketing or we're investing a lot in product or we did a lot of hiring so it's an opportunity to make sure that especially for larger companies um nothing gets lost and uh stuff doesn't get misinterpreted from public communications versus internal communications it's like that old adage of like everyone touching an elephant but like if you guys aren't seeing the big picture you're like oh i'm touching this this is what this thing is it's kind of bringing everyone together which is vital especially for companies to be able to hear if i'm in operations what sales and marketing is doing to understand why they're promoting this stuff or why they're talking about this it's just such an important thing and as we all know the rumor mill in an email can be interpreted a bunch of different ways being able to see someone hear someone hear your executive talking about what they're doing why this operation is working this way why your division's doing this is so vital and i mean like i said i think the pandemic was one of those things that really gave a lot of companies ahas because most of the time it would be like oh yeah we'll throw a dial in link for the remote office like if your nation if your national company uh but now they're like oh no i want to show video i want to show that type of stuff but i think one of the interesting things that we're all kind of experiencing is the the next step Right. When COVID hit, it was like you gave us a Zoom link. That's awesome. Everyone's kind of in this boat. But as more people come back to the office, as more of that stuff happens, they've seen the need for a higher production and also dealing with the headaches. I mean, what are you guys hearing when it's out there? What are what are prospects? What are clients kind of talking about when it comes to all hands, kind of their headaches? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, just to take a step back, you mentioned a post COVID thing and it definitely has the exact same thing. It's been an uptick post COVID, but some of the more forward thinking companies, you know, we've been working with 
companies on all hands going back well before COVID for some of these companies that, you know, tech companies, especially that kind of got it. And Mm -hmm. um, truthfully, it's a lot easier now because a lot of the tools in terms of like Zoom and Teams and these kind of tools are a lot more enabled to to distribute out in a way where we don't have to be figuring out security measures as as much. And this is getting more technical, (laughs) but there were a lot of companies who kind of understood this before. But I definitely think that the forcing mechanism of um, you know, doing these virtual meetings, not just for all hands, but across the board during COVID definitely pushed it forward a little bit. Um, in terms of pain points, I started to allude to it, but I would say the main pain point that I hear from people when we talk about all hands is the technical side of things. It's, mm-hmm. you know, if your executives are at home, it's getting them set up correctly to, to look and sound professional. It's, you know, streaming it out. If you need to stream it out, it's um, doing it as live broadcasts. It's adding in extra elements. It's all of the technical details are usually what are like the the main you know first hurdles that we have to cross well, what's really interesting is that all of these companies have it departments mm-hmm. on hand right whether it's starbucks who does an internal meeting or if it's a high-tech company they all have it in in-house right very few have av built in-house and understand it is forced to carry to that learn mantle, how to do it. right they, yeah. that's so we talk about a pain point usually it's a C-level, excuse me, a C-level executive or someone on the development team or something along those lines that says, hey, we need to put on an all-hands meeting. IT, you know how to do this, right? Mm-hmm. Because it has to do with the internet some way, somehow. <laughs> and IT is then said, not really. Yeah, not we know, exactly. how, to, we know how to do a Zoom meeting or a exactly. Teams meeting, but, but I don't know how to get production is the, the right? content from there to feed into it and then have the people that are on the other end, have them be able to ask questions because... They all start with Zoom, although start with Google Hangouts, whatever their platform is actually built on. I know Starbucks, they actually leveraged, or they did for quite a while, the back end of Facebook, believe it or not. Oh, yeah. They had their internal meetings were all done by way of Facebook. So they have an idea of how do we hold and conduct a meeting, but just like we're seeing with conferences and events, how do I then say, I want it to be dynamic. I want it to actually look and sound good. And I don't want to have to worry about it at the end of the day. It's square peg round holding a lot of times when it comes to IT. I experienced the same thing when I was working for a nonprofit where IT was being tasked to try to conduct this type of stuff. And as you are saying, they aren't AV. They don't really, they troubleshoot the technology, but this is a production. This is something that you do want to have uh, the information communicated in the way that the person communicating it wants to do it. Not every all hands is going to just be a PowerPoint that shows numbers on the slide. Sure, for the CFO that works, but when you have web developers, you have ops, like different tools, different trainings that you're developing and you wanna show your team, check out what we're creating so you can understand what we're putting out to the market. Here's what prospects, here's what our people are gonna actually be digesting, what they're gonna buy from us. You don't wanna just be a, hey, we can only show this one way. Like you want your people to be able to present the information the way they want to, so they're not feeling handcuffed when they're talking to your internal team. Yeah, I think um, you're mentioning like I think some of the next level benefits of doing this in a professional way, and I want to get to some of them. Some of them are sharing new products. You know what specific teams are working on all of those things. But you mentioned you asked about what's our new marketing campaign, right? right. What, what can little... we expect? You know, like I'll, mm-hmm. there's these big organizations, especially are siloed. So if you're working in HR, you might not know what marketing's working on. If you're working in sales, you know, you might not know what IT is working on or engineering, whatever it is. Um, but in terms of pain points, I'd say one of the biggest things that um, people bring up, and rightfully so when they're talking about putting their C-level executives in front of the whole company, is they need them to come across professionally. Mm-hmm. They need them to come across without 
Oh, can you see my screen? Oh, is my audio feeding back? All of these things that happen. Right. And it's not to say, oh, C-level executives don't know how to use technology. That's not it. These are these are complicated processes, and these are things that happen in meetings. If, if you have multiple people signed in, you have multiple people in the same room, some people in person, some people remote, there are technological challenges, and there's a reason that – you know, every event you go to has an AV staff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the biggest things to me is um, our job when we're producing all hands meeting, our, our, one of our primary jobs is make sure that we present the executives of that company in, in a good light and, and in a way that all they have to do is worry about getting the information conveyed as opposed to, oh, is my screen right? Is my lighting right? Go up there and share the information you need to with the company and engage with your employees because this is your chance to do that. And we worry about making sure you're not going to be embarrassed. And one of the things I want to be clear about here is that we're not just talking about the CEO in his room doing their own thing. And then uh, the CFO is in Kansas City or in Reno, wherever they may be, in their own office doing their own piece. And everybody kind of remote. We can do that as well as completely remote. But Mm -hmm. we're also talking about having an audience at, say, the headquarters, right? So I want to make sure we're clear about that, is having an audience, it could be as small as 30 people. It could be as large as 300. We've done all points in between at this point in time. It's having that audience in person and then also having remote constituents that are that are viewing and also participating in the event. So there's kind of a yes, you can run it as just a straight zoom meeting where there's your CEO just sitting in his office in the headquarters and then somebody that's in their office, wherever they may be. But we're also talking about having an audience in person, Mm -hmm. just like they did when the the company was small. Not every company starts out with 500,000 employees, right? right? They started small at one point in time and they had meetings in person, right? Where people were there. Companies slowly but surely grew. Some grew faster than others, but they don't want to lose that in-person element mm-hmm. too, because the company's backbone is built on that—that that human touch, that human connection. It's the same as what we talk about regular standard events as well, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that's the primary use case what you're describing, Tyler. That w- people bring us in for is that you know what we call a hybrid event, which is you're at the company headquarters, say in Boston, and you know there's a couple of the C-level executives who are based there, and they go up on stage in front of a room of employees who work at that HQ, call it 100 people, 500 people, whatever it is, and on location, um, we're there um, you know, running speakers, running microphones, running lights, running all the things to put on an event just like you would you know, if you went to a trade show or a conference and you saw somebody up on stage presenting. There's that element of it. But then also maybe you have a C-level executive who's based out of Tampa, Florida or out of L.A., and um, and they can come in remotely. And we bring them in and integrate that as all kind of part of a clean broadcast-style production so that the people in the room can see the remote guests. Your employees who are located all over the globe can watch this as a switched feed. Um, but also your employees um, and your, your presenters who are there in person are presenting as if they were at an event. And it's kind of bringing all those elements together that I think is the secret sauce that really – takes these productions to the next level. And I think that's the thing that I love it. We talked a little bit about it before we even sat down. The thing that I love about these hybrid events more than anything else is these companies typically are larger in size, right? That will have an an event like this, a hybrid event like this. If their office is here in Boston, their headquarters is here in Boston, they have other offices whether it's up in Bangor, Maine, whether it's down in Tallahassee, Florida, wherever it may be. But they have other offices where people, whether it's part of a, um, a warehouse or it's the shipping center or wherever that may be, these are all over the world. So it's not like 
okay, there's 400 people that are here in Boston right now and everybody is sitting behind their computer at their house. They're having almost little watch parties. And mm -hmm. we've seen this firsthand mm -hmm. when we go to some of the other locations where we'll see, you know, maybe not everybody in the building can fit inside this room. They'll simulcast everything on another floor. So that way, you know what, IT, they actually need to stay near their computers so they can go ahead and just walk into another conference room and see it there. Or they'll say, guess what, guys, at lunchtime when they have this event itself, we're going to go ahead and say, get off the warehouse floor and see it in our in the warehouse as well. So having those watch parties also allows you to build community in other location and hear the message together as opposed to everybody just logging in, which they can still do. Yeah. They can log in on their personal laptop, their personal computer and and watch that there. Deadlines but, still exist, right? That's always the biggest hurdle a lot of people have is like, I got this deadline. I can't get out of my seat. I got to be at my desk doing this stuff. But if I can have an option to also stream, hear what's going on in the office, I'm not being disconnected because I've got too much work to do. I can still be connected without needing to step out, need to be away from my desk for an hour, need to be doing all the things that a lot of times an all hands pulls from. But I will say to that point, you just brought something up that I think is important. Um, you're asking your employees, you know, to for these all hands meetings to give up an hour of their day to listen to your updates. Mm -hmm. um, I've been at companies, I've worked at companies in the past, uh, or yeah, everyone's worked at a company in the past where you have these all hands meetings and you're like, what, what are we doing? We're wasting our time. It seems like you don't care about this. Mm -hmm. Why are you asking me to sit down for an hour if you don't even care about it? And I do think that presenting it in a way where it shows that you've put some time and energy into it and caring about it goes a really long way to the employees to say, you're not making me sit through 20 minutes of you figuring out how to share your screen and, you know, having your mic muted. You're presenting me with something you thought through and you cared enough about to put some time into. So when I sit down to spend my hour watching this on my lunch break or, you know, it's taking an hour away from my work, it's it's actually thoughtful and valuable content, not just, you know, something you threw together at the last minute and you don't care about yet you're asking me to care about. And I think that's a really important thing. And I do think it goes a long way with employees to show. Yeah, this is something we value and like we're not just asking you to waste your time. So if I'm summarizing it, right, technically the question I asked was what are the headaches you guys hear typically? But the way it kind of all comes together, the way to summarize kind of the points we've been talking about are – Hey, technically, it's challenging to pull off all hands a lot of times, especially if you want to pull it off in a way that your executives have get to have a frictionless experience. They get to walk in. They can present. They're not worried about how do they share. They're not worried about all that. And your employees have an engaging or at least a well-produced experience where they feel like, oh, wow, there's time taken. But the big, biggest headache comes from the how do you technically pull that off with those other elements that you got to do? I mean, what... What are ways, I mean, let's talk a little bit about how we approach the all hands. Like, talk me through that process and how we kind of help with those headaches that we typically hear about. Yeah, I think I'll let you talk about it too, but just really quickly, I think one of the things that makes that question really interesting is that every company is different in terms of who's in charge internally of running an all hand. Yes. Some companies have an internal communication. I don't think we've had the exact same person. No. Yeah. On any company. And at a lot Ever. of companies, it's um, it's like the CEO's executive assistant <laughs> yep. is in charge of running the all hands along with HR. someone from internal communications. But, but if you think about like an, an EA doing this, an EA is tasked with a lot already. Mm -hmm. um, and I think sometimes it's posed to them as, oh, just do this all hands. And EAs look at it and they're like, dude, I've already got 60 hours of work in a 40-hour week and now you're asking me to put on basically a TV show. Right. Um, that's one situation. Sometimes it's internal comms. Um, Internal comms a lot of times come at it from the standpoint of we've got a really great program that we can put out in terms of 
content and a nicely designed presentation and we have a video from marketing that we're going to show but you know they're not necessarily equipped with a full production team sometimes marketing's involved and they have the production side but you know they're not necessarily don't have that link to internal comms and then a lot of times it's it so um and all of those different divisions depending on which organization you're in come with their own challenges in terms of like none of those are just production companies and it's rare that you know an organization is going to have a full in-house production company that has the time to worry about um, all hands and internal comms solely. So when you talk about the approach, it's different depending on who you're working with. If you're working with IT, some of those boxes around you know, connectivity and internet and security are checked. Whereas if you're working with the executive assistant, the communications with the, the C-level people are, and you know, the, the scheduling and stuff are really organized, but you have to worry about more of the tech. You know, so it kind of depends who you're working with, but just I think that's one of the really interesting challenges about this is that every organization, the people in charge of all hands communications, it's different everywhere, right? No, hundred percent different everywhere. But I think going back to your question about just the approach in in general, one of the things you mentioned is I'm being tasked with putting on this TV show essentially, mm -hmm. and I think that's where our approach, where our strong suit is, honestly, is we approach it not with the mindset of I want your CEO to go up and just talk for an hour. Right, because I don't care how great a cameras we have, how good a job we do at switching. One person talking for an hour is going to get a little tiresome. We try to help the folks, whoever it may be, whatever department, whatever person, um, whatever title they have, with thinking of it more like a TV show, more of a true production where, like you said, Phil, it will be, might be a little panel discussion. It might be the C CEO talking for a little bit, then a panel, and then we'll go ahead and get into uh, two videos mm -hmm. back to back. That might be the latest marketing message or the commercial that they just ran on TV. And then an update, and then it's live Q&A. So it has that television, but interactive TV um, mindset. So that, I think that's part of our approach as well, in addition to the standard, all right, who are you and what kind of, handholding do you need to get you to your end result? Our approach is also, well, let's not just think of this as one person needs to speak for an hour. Right. How do we think of it as something that your employees are going to enjoy that your CEO is actually going to like putting on as well? Yeah, and I think that's a really important part of the process that I think we pay more attention to than than potentially some, some, other, some other companies who would come in and, and do AV and do it really well. Mm -hmm. we kind of try to do both of those things, right? And Whenever we approach one of these events, you know, we've done enough all hands. We have kind of our starting point kind of project and process timeline to say, what are all the things along the road from the day you decide to work with us to the day your all hands happens that we need to make sure are taken care of? You know, how are your employees going to sign in and watch this? How are we going to make sure that only your employees can sign in and watch this and it's not going to, you know, be publicly accessible? Um, you know, where in your building are we going to do this? You know, right. what's the internet connectivity look like? Who are your speakers? What kind of AV needs do you have in the room? Um, you know, what does live audience engagement look like? Do you need to bring people in for live Q&A remotely? What about in the room? What about stage questions? What about Q&A that is, you know, done prior to the event as well? Um, you know, does your executives, do they need a confidence monitor so that they can read, you know, a script? Do, you, do they need to follow along like they would at an event? Do we need staging? Do we need backdrops? It's this whole checklist that we go through. And because we do this for events and for all hands all the time, we're coming at it from a standpoint where it's very methodical and we kind of know what needs to be checked off. Whereas, again, if somebody in your organization just said, hey, Kyle, go, go figure out an all hands, you're starting from the standpoint of like, I, I don't know. So like, 
that process and that kind of checklist, I think, is really important to bring to the table to say, we ha we know what questions need to be asked, right. and we're going to ask them. And ultimately, it also comes from this, the question of, what's your objective here? And for all hands, they're largely the same, which is, you know, convey information to your audience and engage with them and make them feel heard. But also for different companies, it's different things. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's, we need to get this specific information out. We need to address this issue that happened in the last quarter. Um, so I think it's also really important right off the bat to to ask whoever's tasked with running the all hands, what do we, what are we trying to accomplish here, right? And understanding their objective and not just assuming the objective as well. I've always found that our approach is very partnership-like. And I think that really what you both just said just is the perfect example of how we approach it as a partnership. It's not transactional. It's not like, oh, okay, cool. You need this. We'll do this. It's more of the questions. I think that becomes the hardest part because like you said, the, who's running an all hands varies from company to company. It's not just, a, oh yeah, this is always HR task. Everyone knows that HR does this. It's always different. So having a video production partner like a five tool productions is vital when it comes to being able to produce something that helps avoid the zoom fatigue. It's not everyone just watching the same stuff over and over. And again, you're building culture. You're helping your company, see your people, hear your people building community. Like you spoke to, I think those are all those are the real goals you have when it comes to an all hands and having a partner that's really helping you answer those questions, think in ways that you weren't thinking and not making you feel like I was supposed to know all this. Like, how mm -hmm. was I supposed to know this? I'm an EA. I'm an IT. What do you mean you're lighting my background? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know yeah. that stuff. It's not something they have to do on a daily no, basis, right. right? And they, they shouldn't. You they shouldn't, shouldn't have to yeah. think about <laughs> yeah. at the end of the day. Glad um, that we all said the exact same thing. No, they shouldn't. It's not. It's other duties as assigned. So let someone else do it. Um, I would say, you know, also talking about, you know, process and things like that and partnership. You mentioned partnership. It's little things, too. Mm -hmm. And I, I talked about the focus being on, like, not letting your executives be embarrassed and putting them in the best light. It's really little things that I think often go by the wayside, such as if we're coming in and we're, you know, providing microphones for your speakers. It's figuring out, first of all, how many speakers are there in advance, but also does your CEO prefer a lapel mic or or a handheld stick mic mm -hmm. um, and not just making assumptions and then also like providing that for them and, and making them understand the pros and cons right and going into that and giving them that option as opposed to just saying like yeah yeah whatever we got it handled it is what it is you have to go to the podium you have to have this right and providing right. those options so that the speakers and the presenters feel more comfortable it's a, it's a little thing but i think it was a really long way to make to make the people do their best work in it's, terms of conveying the information. You have to, I mean, C-level executives, whatever background they might have, they all have needs in them. <clears throat> I don't care if you're the best speaker in the world. You are going to get nervous mm -hmm. when you're talking about something in front of a big group of people, especially your own employees. Right. So with that mind, our role and our job is to put them at ease as much as possible so they can focus on the content. And that's all we need them to do. I mean, you say it all the time is, you know the answers to the test. You worry about speaking. Mm -hmm. You don't worry about advancing slides. You don't worry about, um, is this microphone hooked up the right way? Let us handle that so you can focus on what you're good at and what's gotten you to this position that you're in right now. I've loved this conversation. I honestly think we could be talking all hands. We could talk the finer points of everything. Let us know. If you like this conversation, let us know. We'll do some more stuff like this. We'll keep talking about it. But also, if you want to have an all hands produced by the Five Tool Partnership, we can work together. Feel free to reach out to us. Always a great time to kind of touch base with Phil, with Tyler, with myself. We're always happy to talk about kind of what your needs are, what we can do to help you out. Gentlemen, anything else you want to leave before we get out of here? 
Well, let's have an all-hands meeting with our team right now. Yeah. I One thing. Okay. You know, treat it like an event. If you were putting on an event for an external audience for your, you know, for your biggest sponsors or your biggest vendors, you would take it seriously and you would and you would make sure it was presented in a positive light. Don't skimp on it because it's your own employees. Treat it like treat it like a real event because it is. I'll say this, impact stories. Focus on employees, create little fun videos, really get the people engaged. I mean, build that culture in all hands, right? Yep. 100%. All right. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you.